It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome. Here we are, another episode of Ears Up Podcast. Had a little false start. And uh, a couple of little fun things going on. If uh, if you're watching live over on our live stream page, which sometimes I recommend, uh, sometimes I don't recommend, uh, mainly because uh, this last time I was, uh, I don't know, I forgot that the cameras were on. Okay, and um, you were naughty. I was I was being naughty. I was being a naughty boy. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Hi, Jason. Things Hi, Terry. By the way, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. think that we've even said a word to each other yet tonight. That's true. Yeah, it's good That's to see true. you. Sorry. You too. Took By the way, this is kind of a weird show. I feel like it's like a throwback to the early days because Bev is not next to me. Yeah, Bev's in the booth, I'm and I don't booth. like it. Because I don't either. her terrible child is in the room. Oh, she's not terrible. Rude. She is my son's true love. That's what he calls her. I know. We should do a whole show breaking down the psychology of your and your son and Abby's relationship. <laughs> it's, 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 a little, it's a little weird. <laughs> it is what it is. It's going to be really cute at their wedding. Or really traumatic uh, at his therapy session when he's 40. One of the two. I'm not yeah. sure which one's going to be. My dad. When no woman ever lives up to the standards. <laughs> My dad promised me that I was going to marry Abby, and then I didn't. We, hey, man, the, do- the dowry's been exchanged, man. I gave her a coat. Already? That girl's ours. No. <laughs> no, son. Yeah, it's not It's not 1984 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> As you get older, don't you realize, uh, or I don't know if don't you realize, but... Uh, does it seem like this to anybody else where you go, uh, the more, I don't know, the, the older you get, the, 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 the closer to your own personal timeline, your own personal history, you start making references to? Like in the, like 1984, I did that because it, it doesn't seem like so far away, right. but it was 30 years ago. Yeah, it was. Ah. And it's like, ouch, that hurts me at a yeah. personal level, um, you, you know, because, you know, if you want to, in my mind, if I want to reference 30 years ago, like instantly I go like the the, the 60s. I don't know why. Oh. oh, yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Now. Because when I started, I think because when I started becoming aware of the 60s and the music and whatever, right. to me, that was 30 years ago. And then it kind yeah. of like stays with you. It's like this, uh, you know, Peter Pan syndrome, I guess, where you don't really ever really look at yourself as the age that you currently are. Unless you're in a, a nursing home or something. Well, and speaking yeah. of being like super old and like referencing, um, whoa, Terrence's whoa, whoa. birthday super is on Monday. Oh, oh yes. It, it, when's your, your birthday soon too, right? It is. It's the 14th. Yeah. But I'm younger than you. <laughs> wow. It's true. Wow. I, I don't even know what's true. I'm I have, always going to be younger than you. I have no response. But, Unless I die. We have what? a phone Unless call. Unless I die, then I, I don't know age. if that's for us or not. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> what? What's depressing? Terrence. Well, yeah, but specifically why? (laughs) Well, he said that if he dies, then I will become older than him. That's depressing. That's true. He does stop. Yes, I stop aging at that point. Is it anybody? No, it's not anybody. What's great is that I have no idea how to answer the phone. I was like, the Beers Network? (laughs) (laughs) Beers Network. Brewing up. Uh, If you want to give us a call, 888-401-2337, and Beverly will... uh, Beverly. I'll answer the phone real dumb. Eagerly awaiting you. Yes. <laughs> real, real dumb. Uh, 
That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Getting old stinks. I don't like it. I turned 30. What? Well, how old am I? 38? 38, yes. yeah. You're 38. I turned 38 Although, in November. Like, a day before his birthday, he's like, I'm turning 39 tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you're not. You should have let him go And he it. actually argued with me for like two minutes about uh, it. <laughs> but for at least a minute and a half of that, I didn't know what we were arguing about. I just wanted to argue. Oh. Yeah. That probably happens more <laughs> often than I realize. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Wow. I'm looking at myself in the camera right now. I look real fat. I think you oh look good. Gosh, I was actually going to say you look kind of um, no, but maybe it's the shirt. But like, say you look good. You look good. I'm not hitting on your man, Taryn. Every, everybody good. that sees you tells you you look so thin. Yeah, you look this handsome. Not good. Are you are you fishing for compliments? He's the I, second no. most handsome man in the studio right now. Okay, <laughs> I'm d- that's right. <laughs> Eric's still in there, isn't he? No, he's Is not. He? Okay, no. <laughs> I'm just I was kidding. Say we're in third. Uh, okay, we have a good show uh, lined up for you guys. We have, uh, we're going to do some Disney news. I think we got a Terrence Thinks. Um, and then Terrence has, no, this is, no, no for nope. the next show. Other show, breaks. That's what happens when I have too many windows open. I can, uh, I can take over. Taryn has uh, <laughs> a segment on the history of the Walt Disney Company, but I think we're breaking it up into different segments, right? Yeah, so I started researching some of this stuff, and, and I had researched it quite a while ago as well, and so I'm really interested in it, but as I was doing it, I was like, there's no way. I mean, unless you guys want to sit here for four hours and listen to the history, which no one wants to do. No, I'm so not trying to do that. I'm going to break it up into, I think, three different parts. So the first part is going to kind of be from... Uh, kind of the inception of the company to uh, be right before they started building Disneyland. Okay. The second part is going to be the building of Disneyland because that's enormous nice. and a lot happened with their company. And then the last part is going to be after Disneyland opened up until you know they bought George Lucas. Wow, that's going to be person. one part. That's what they bought, George. <laughs> Have you guys seen the new Star Wars, by the way? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about it, but I don't think I'm ready. But we might we might start oh. talking about it at the end. But okay. I will um, end the show, essentially, mm-hmm. give all our information, and then if okay. we decide to start talking about it, I will uh, so let everybody know. Because there are some people who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, Like Bev. Just, like Bev. <laughs> How can... At, at some point, but Bev, it's just your own fault. Like, right. if it gets I, I, I kind of you know? feel right. at this point, if you haven't seen it, like, yeah, you, exactly. You clearly don't care enough to like need That's spoiler alert type That's the point. things. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, you know, people got look. People got things going on. You know what I mean? That's true. It's been a month. <laughs> it has been a month. Um, Gosh, time goes by way too fast. It does. It goes by the same amount of speed it's always gone by. Sometimes it feels like like. <laughs> I think I think once I've once I turned thirty, time has has sped up. <laughs> I know, but the reality is, time has gone what by. What is reality these... really? This is not a Terrence thinks <laughs> for real. though. No. this is factual information. This is real talk. <laughs> real talk from Taryn. <laughs> God, that should be your. Uh, Real t- you get- Wonder Real what talk. the music would be. <laughs> some, some gangster rap. Oh yeah, I would want that to be gangster rap for sure. <laughs> Real but talk you, with Taryn. But you have to rap it. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, <laughs> it's just talking in a to a beat. Maybe I could give my thoughts to Terrence, and then he could rap it. I well, feel like he might be able to rap. Well, we don't know. We're gonna no, find no. out. We'll find out next next show. Is that is that what we're doing the next yeah, show? Yeah, we'll do okay. the next show. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, find us on iTunes, and more importantly, if you, if you do like listening to iTunes, rate us on iTunes. I, I think that helps. I, I kind of don't know. I think eventually, once you get to like 100 billion 
uh, you know, ratings or, or whatever, uh, then you get a cookie. I, I don't know what it is, but we have like 50 something and it'd be cool to, you know, have a couple more, man. Um, also, you know, turn us on, uh, turn your friends on to us. Because we need, uh, you know, we we need some more listeners. We want to grow this whole thing. We call ears up. Uh, we have a good time doing it, and uh, you know, it's no fun if we're just playing to a couple people. So, um, you know, let everybody know about us. Uh, tune in radio, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of getting tired of like telling people where they can find. You know, I listen to a couple podcasts because uh, most of them are terrible, uh, to be honest. Most most podcasts are awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one in particular, uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Which I think I've talked about before, mm-hmm. which is like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft meets uh, Twilight Zone meets, meets Community Radio meets a terrible ABC sitcom. And uh, in the beginning, man, the, the 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 writer, like the creator of the podcast, every show has like a two minute spiel, and it's so yeah. irritating. And then I realized that's what we do. Well, why sort of like because we it's like where you can find us, all the kind of stuff and like updates about what's going on. And I'm like, well, you have social media for that. Why are you putting it in front of your podcast? Like no one cares. Honestly, yeah. no one cares if you're in Scotland or whatever. I mean, what do I know? He makes a bunch more money than I do. Um, well, we could. So just I think say, I'm, I think I'm not going to say that anymore. Okay. Well, we could just say like go to earsup-podcast.com and then where to listen. And there it all is. There's all the information yeah. that you're saying. Well, that's kind of why I made that page too. So mm-hmm. you know that is on that is on the um, on the podcast on the uh, blog or whatever. Uh, anyway, we're all over social media. Uh, if you use it, we're probably there, unless it's Google Plus. Because let's be honest, no one uses Google Plus. Uh, <laughs> if you have feedback on the show, send that to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any compliments, go to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. Say hi, hi to Bev, and uh, anything else you want to send. Uh, to Jason at earsuppipepodcast.com or on the website. We have a little form, a little contact us form, and that's probably easier than remembering our uh, our silly little uh, emails. Uh, you can support us via the Amazon link on our website. Uh, we have reoccurring donations as well. You can buy coveyors. Uh, you know, uh, there's a link on our website and, uh, and churro shirts. All right there on the website. Uh, speaking of Amazon, though, um, we are now currently selling coveyors on Amazon. Yeah. So if you want to no. So if you want to if you want to support well okay see this is this is why I didn't want to mention it because I don't want you to buy coveyers on Amazon <laughs> because we pay this is okay we pay two dollars and nineteen cents to Amazon for each pair of coveyers sold plus forty bucks a month. Oh, I would much and they they make us charge you five forty four for shipping. That's not if you buy on coveyers.com, get coveyers.com, We pay you pay a buck. Yeah. Pay a dollar mm-hmm. shipping first class. It's like um, fifty maybe or something. And you know, but. we make a more money. So if you want to support us, uh do all your other shopping on Amazon via the Amazon link, which we kind of embeds a little thing in the background. You don't get charged any extra. We get a little cut for referring that sale to Amazon. Um if you want to support us by buying coveyors, please go to getcoveyers.com. Uh you know. I don't know. But I thought it was kinda cool. And then we got a sale on Amazon. I was pretty stoked. Yeah. Spent a hundred dollars yeah. on Amazon today. I have a check through the Cubbiers link. Nice. I have a check nice. for us. You have a check? Is it uh, Dion's fifty bucks? It's uh, no, it's the. Uh, no, he gave that to us already. No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Where'd I brought it, it in. No, you didn't. It was in your car. Oh, well, oh somewhere. Oh yeah. No, I thought he did because he was like the serial number is the same. <laughs> yeah, be- well, because he was saying it's in my car, and I said, uh, "How do I know that you?" Yeah, trust me. We'll listen back to the show. Okay. <laughs> no one's gonna All listen right. back to the show. <laughs> but you didn't bring it in. So you owe us 50 bucks, but what else do you have a check for? Well, it's the Amazon check. Thank you guys for... for oh, bu- it, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, and it's right here 
at my house. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, cool. uh, let's do some feedback. All right. Um, our first one is from YouTube, which we don't usually get comments on YouTube, but we did yeah. get one. Uh, this is from Peanut Butter Walt. What? Wait. Yeah, I don't know. Peanut Butter Walt? <laughs> Peter, peanut Butter Walt, like the dance. Oh, waltz. I thought yeah. it was like Walt. Like it's I, because that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, I listen to your podcasts to and from work each uh, every week, and we just wrapped up our first trip to Disneyland, and we had three character dining breakfasts. So he's ta- he's, this is in reference to the character dining at Disneyland. Uh, the interaction from the Disneyland Resort squad was by far better than any of the character dining experiences <laughs> squad. we've ever had at Walt Disney Get World. Get the squad! Uh, our first at the Paradise Pier Hotel was great and ended with Pluto and Stitch play fighting with sugar packets for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Sounds very cute. Nice. Um, I recorded the first two minutes or so, but they kept going. Uh, I grew up in Florida and am, and am a Walt Disney World fan, but my first trip to the original park has officially screwed that up. The cast members, minus two, were freak- freakishly nicer than most of the ones uh, <laughs> during any of my Walt Disney World visits. More surprising than the awesome character interactions and consistently good moods of the cast members were the other guests. I probably encountered about a dozen jerks in a week at Disneyland versus half of the headcount at any Walt Disney World Park (laughs) at any given visit. You guys are awesome, and thank you for sharing with us every week. I'm probably going to move to Anaheim if I win the lottery and can quit my job. (laughs) Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's from Peanut Butter Walt. That's good. Well, hey, if you win the lottery, then you can uh, afford. Uh, have you seen that new bed um, that uh, it, it's like a, on a platform? And then if it senses an earthquake, it actually opens up on the side and drops you in this little uh, container oh, and what? closes up. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm afraid yeah. of being buried in debris. <laughs> Me in too. That bed. Yeah. So, like, to me, I would need I would need a toilet. I would need some fresh water oh, down there. I would need some oxygen. Man. Yeah, it buries the whole thing. Attack. It buries you alive. That's crazy. And like no, a binding sensor. Like I would need a whole kit. So, aside from seeing this new bed, has anybody seen the current lottery? It's no. eight hundred billion dollars. Yeah. A gajillion dollars. Yeah. When, yeah. Is, when does that draw? Saturday. I don't know, but I'm about to play it. If yeah. I If I hit, that, I'm ready for my stupid tax. If it's man. tonight. Is it tonight? No, Find it's, out. It's on. It's on Saturday. It's on, it's on Saturday. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna well, let's we throw 10. some money. Yeah. Should we pool our? Yep. Should we pool money? Because I got here. Like if we wanted, if we want to go 10 in, bucks. I got a twelve, but I kind of twelve. Oh, what? Tw- well, tw- a twenty dollar bill. I have three dollars. I have twenty eight dollars in cash on me right now. I don't have my card. I know on the code to the safe right now. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, wow. what did you say? So what you say? Oh, it was a safe. Yes. I know the code to the safe. You know when I when I first started working at Starbucks? Can you run fast? Years so no, a, no. So years and bucks. years ago, mm-hmm. uh, they make you do a like a, a sheet like a questionnaire as you're part of your right. like on onboarding process. And one of the questions is like it's all like kind of morality issues because you're dealing with a safe and you right, right. and it was like uh, is it okay to steal money, take money from the register if you're going to Las Vegas? <laughs> If you promise to return it when you win from gambling it's or like something em- like it's that. like Empire Records, like that thing where you yes. try to double the money and lost it all. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> In theory, yes. In but theory, practically, it's no. It's like, I, I, you want me to say no, don't you? Kids, the answer is no. <laughs> Should we pool our money as it ears up and, and spend a hundred bucks? Yeah. Let me, let me make we a purchase own... out there first so that I do can you get think the remainder. If we, right. uh, if we won that, do you think that we could buy Club 33? No. Oh, really? No, but it would pay our entry. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. 
for for like the rest of our lives. I wonder so, if we could grease someone's palm if we were like they're like, hey, you got to wait fifteen years to get in. They're like, like uh, uh-uh. how about an extra forty that. G's? You let me in right now. <laughs> yeah. We could probably buy out somebody else's pat or like oh, membership. Membership. Or people are selling them. Mm. Are they? Yeah. The you can buy so, memberships? Where the dude was renting is out as well. Well, yeah, but he got in trouble and he might go to jail. No, no. It was it, – because you get like a pass or something like oh. that. He was like – he was do, he donated, donated that to it. charity yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then he got kind of busted that way. But. So then we start our own charity. I've always yeah. wanted to do that too. Yeah. I think it would be amazing. I've, wanted, I've always wanted to do that so I can get free tickets to Club 33. I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> wait. Wait. You're trying to be charitable? Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it just got real dark. It did. Like, oh, okay. Not real. Not real, some, real dark. Some, some dark. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. It's like mood lighting in here now. Uh, was that all our feedback, Taryn? <laughs> no, there's several more. Right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is uh, from Sean. Hi, Ears Up crew. I'm the horrible friend that booked the princess lunch for Bev. <laughs> <laughs> in my defense. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> in my defense, I did not know about the $30 octopus hot dog. I pretty much agree with her in being underwhelmed by the experience. Uh, the line on the stairs she mentions is to take a picture with Ariel. The picture is not included with the meal, and they try to sell it to you for about $30. The whole lunch is a big love and shove. <laughs> I like that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a timed event, so the princesses have to move along fairly quickly to get to all the tables before the lunch ends. Sure. The adult food it's like was- a wedding. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The adult food was pretty good uh, and not a lot more money than expected for any sit-down at Disneyland, but the children's food was ridiculous, and we all had a huge moment of sticker shock. <laughs> Disney doesn't post the actual prices on the website, so we were not prepared. I would only recommend the princess lunch to people with kids that just have to meet them. I wouldn't take anyone under about five-ish and are, uh, and are used to meeting the characters. The princesses do not have time for shy kids. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Hey, no one got time for you, kid. Look at me. Stop looking at your shoes. Uh, I have recently been to the Minis Breakfast uh, at the Plaza Inn. I do recommend it. The whole atmosphere is more relaxed. The characters just roam and do not have a lot more, and and do have a lot more time to spend at the tables, uh, and can wait for a shy kid to warm up. The food is good. There's a huge selection, and it's all you can eat buffet. We weren't rushed out of there, so you can actually get your money's worth. Be warned, it's still not cheap. I think it's about $30 for adults, $15 for kids. Love the show, guys. Sean. Thanks, Sean. That was nice. 15 bucks. He's a nice friend, even though that was such a terrible experience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this last one um, is from Sergio. Hi, guys. Great show. I found you guys by accident and binged through all of your episodes. I'm using Overcast app on my Apple devices, and it works very well. I mostly agree with your stuff and like the his- <laughs> and like the history you bring explaining the park. Okay. The woman Good. that wrote that book about the two parks might be my favorite episode so far. Oh wow, yeah, Christy uh, Fredrickson yeah. Yamaguchi, right? No, yes. Fredrickson. Fredrickson. Okay. Um, he says, however, besides the Steve slash Conrad one. Apparently that might be his favorite show. Which one is that Terrence one? Slash slash Conrad I don't remember. Steve. That's when you came out with your big secret. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the big reveal show. Yes. Um, we usually go to Disneyland at Christmas time, but have recently been alternating between Halloween and Christmas. And we avoid the summer months like any other plague or pestilence. Yeah. I just signed up uh, for the monthly donation, and I'm... Down with the fanny pack, pseudo biker gang gear when available. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for signing up for that. That was very sweet of you. 
Yeah, we got Lulu, uh, our friend in the chat now. You can chat with her right now. Uh, Lulu Gumshoe. Uh, she's working on the Main Street Fanny Packers logo. It's happening, folks. It's happening. And once it happens, once we get at least a, a finalized logo with all of our legacy members, we're going to open it up. We're going to open it up to the world. Yes. And it's going to be amazing. Might have a website. I don't know. Might, maybe you have to do, maybe, I was thinking about what you have to do to get, you know, in, in replace of being jumped in. Maybe, <laughs> or maybe like beaten with churros or something like that. That's like, a waste of churros. No, Come on. You can't get, no, no, no beating. Yeah, no beating. Well, no beating. but you're just being hit with essentially maybe a pastry. Maybe you have to buy us a churro. You have to buy your way. That's in. it. <laughs> buy your way. In. Uh, like no, but like a, I mean, like a scavenger hunt. I like that idea. Or uh, take a swim in the moat. No, I'm just I'm kidding. Don't get, get kicked out of Disneyland. I actually think I'm that kidding. you should have to take a photo in front of every churro stand, buying a churro for yourself. Oh. And that's how you get in. So well, you got to pull a Terrence we in had, order to get in. Well, we yeah. Had, yeah, we had talked about pulling a Terrence, and that I think I think might be. That's what you have to do, but we have to clarify if it's pulling it. I feel like a politician with the thumb on the forefinger. We have to clarify <laughs> if it's uh, pulling a Terrence in a day or in your trip. Because if you're there for I five days, tr- yeah, it's the trip. I think it's a day. It's no, trip. that's expensive. But there's no, but that's not a challenge. But you're spending the money anyways. Half of the legacy members can't do that. Within t- what about within two doesn't days? Matter. Maybe it doesn't matter about your doesn't trip. Matter. Within two days, or within two days, you have to do it. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll put it to the group. Okay. okay. So um, at some point, once we get once we get in, I'll, I'll be accepting uh, applications for legacy members, uh, and then we'll get that, and then we'll, then we'll square away our logo, the type of fanny pack we're going to use. Yes. We're going to also have a T-shirt because look, you sometimes you can't wear your fanny pack, uh, you know, when you're out and about in the real world. Right. Uh, so you want to, you know, you want to rock the the Main Street fanny pack. Why not? T-shirt. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> Because sometimes the law, like, look, everything I know about um, motorcycle gangs and cuts and stuff like that, I've got from Sons of Anarchy. So if you have to go, uh, if you're running from the law or you have to deal with the IRA in public, you can't wear your cut. And that's, I think, kind of the same thing. You know, like, if you go, if you're going to Blue Bayou, you probably can't wear your fanny pack. I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. Is there a tuxedo version? I don't know. Or, like, you want a Safeway. You you know, throw the T-shirt on instead. Yeah. We'll, we'll come up with a set of rules. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It, and they'll take, look, it'll take time, but we'll figure it out. Lulu's going to do it. And, um, yeah, I'm stoked about it. Anyway, continue, please, Terry. So that wasn't the end of Sergio's email. Oh, my oh. goodness. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Uh, he now moves on to suggestions and complaints. Oh. <laughs> this is now becoming my favorite email. This is a bulleted point part of his email. Okay. <clears throat> First bullet point. I kind of like the way your friend uses his website for Spectra Radio, and wish you would adopt some of those same layout features. Oh, Jeremy at the good old Spectro? Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, the next scheduled show is very clear with date and time. Oh, yeah. You could possibly add topic here. Possibly. Uh, Second bullet point. Well, first of all, let's address, let's go by bullet, uh, probably not going to happen. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of work, and uh, no one wants to do it, so don't worry about it. Next. To be perfectly honest, it's hard for us to pick dates for this. So yeah, we don't even know what days we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we know at least a week in advance. We, yeah. So we could, but I, I'd hate to tell you we're going to do it and, and just fail. So I'm yeah. going to tell you that we're probably not right. going to do it. But, you know, look, we, we at least try to put on the day before on social media. Um, so just, you know, like us on Facebook, man, and you'll you'll find all that out. I, 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 wish, I, could, uh, I wish I could tell you more. Yeah. Uh, bullet point two. 
On October 12th, you guys wrote this on Facebook. <laughs> uh, let me look back. And see. Tomorrow night, no, he wrote it out. Tomorrow night is a big one for us. We have two live shows happening, one of which is our big 50th show celebration. We hope you'll join us. And then he goes, <laughs> what time? <laughs> so um, we apologize. And yeah, we, sure. will, we will try to. Yes, we have to do better at that. Yes. That's for sure. Um, thank you for pointing it out, though. It is important for us to make sure we put times and things. Um, additionally. Please add the necessary links so I can go straight to the live stream and chat room from the websites. For example, where to listen is under about us. I, uh, or I'll just finish. Keep up the good work. Marvel sucks. Your friend from Union City, Sergio. Marvel. Oh, Union City. He's local. Nice. There you go. Yeah, he's local. So I actually think that these are very good ideas, and yeah. I think that we are going to implement. We we have put the, the link on our uh, where to listen page, and I think... Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to move that where to listen up into the main menu so that yeah. everybody can find it. Great. You know, you're right. We are a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it should probably be somewhere really easy to find. So yeah. thank you for pointing that out. And that is it for feedback today. All right. Awesome. Yeah, That's a long show. Awesome. Ready to wrap it up? <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> 24 minutes. We're all right, I suppose. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, okay, I need to get to my thing. All right, Taryn, after all of that, you know what it's time for. So, do you guys... Anytime you start with so, it's going to be good. Do you guys think that cats... Or any animal, dog, I suppose, cat. But we'll go with cats. Do you guys think? Do you guys think that cats actually know that they're cats, or, <laughs> or do you think that they maybe are because they're with humans, right? Do you think that yes. they're just small humans? Like, what do you think that they're thinking when they're cuddling with you, or when they're when they're walking around and they want to snuggle and? And, I don't know, do weird things that cats do. Like, do you think that they have any, like, knowledge that they're not us? Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I don't think so. I think that they think that they're us because we're what, what they see. I think that they think that they're, like, uh, alien. Like, they're like, oh, I look a little different, but, you know, I'm, I'm just like that guy. I I don't think that animals have a sense of self. Yeah, like uh, gorillas do because we've been able to communicate with them. But you can't teach a cat to communicate. So I think that they don't they don't they don't know that they don't know from different species, right? They just know I that. I don't that, know that. That's, well, okay, but you can. Okay, that's my question. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I I don't even know where to begin. Like most times. Well, I just don't. I I guess that's. I was looking at the cats the other day. We have yeah. three of them, and yeah. I was like, I bet they think that. Well, okay, this is how it came up because Trumpy, Jason's cat, that is like the best cat in the whole world, and blah yep, blah blah that's blah. That's true. He had her before he met me, mm-hmm. and I think she's jealous of me, and I think that's because she thinks that she was was his girlfriend before I was there. She's H C I C. Head cat in charge, right? Well, I think, I think.
think animals having a sense of um, territory hmm. is a thing. Okay. But I don't, I'm pretty sure Trumpy doesn't walk around thinking, it's time for me to go get my hair dyed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And Taryn does. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. I, think, I, I watch too many Disney movies. I think so too. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it'd be nice, you know, you're anthropomorphizing uh, animals a bit, but uh, no, I don't think that they know who they are or that they know that they're different species or like the cats know that they're related to one another. They don't, I don't think, that, I mean, you Trumpy think they even might. Know that? Trumpy might. But I think for cats, for animals, it's just like that thing has just always been there. It's a it's a thing that I interact with, and I sleep here, and it sleeps here, and mm. we sometimes eat at the same time, and that's about it. That kind of makes me sad. But they don't. I don't think it makes them sad because they don't know. And for for them, it's like ignorance is bliss. I would imagine. Yeah. Because I don't think their brains are large enough to contain those those segments of the brain that that have those feelings, right? Interesting. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a vet psychologist. <laughs> Whatever. You're not a, th- a cat whisperer. I'm I not wish a cat I was. Whisperer. Well, I am a cat whisperer. Ah. That's true. I know. What, true. I know what Kitty's like. But uh... well, thanks, guys. Well, thanks, Taryn. Uh, that was uh, enlightening. Was it? To say the least. I don't know. I was enlightened by it, I suppose. But it made me sad. Now I feel a little depressed. Do you think that cats know that they're not cats? I mean, maybe they go, like, how, why can that person get milk out of the fridge? Or, like, that thing has to feed me. Why can't I? But Well, Saki told me to open the door the other day. Excuse so, me? like He's like, what's up, girl? Well, <laughs> Check well, this out. I need to get outside me, like, right now. What you doing? By, so he sits by the front door because he wants to be let out. And I, I play with him. And I go, what do you want? I know exactly what he wants. But I go, what do you want? What do you want? And he looks at me for, like, 30 seconds and then he looks up at the doorknob this whole thing took longer than 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and then i let him out and i'm like that's a smart cat and yeah. i don't know well i'm i'm not saying cats are dumb yeah I mean, I guess they, they know they know that you putting your hand on that round that thing and moving it opens the big thing for them to leave but i i think it doesn't go farther than that yeah all right all right, fine. All right. Fine. Cats don't know things. Uh, hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, Taryn, what's our show for today? Uh, today's show. Sorry, I have to find my notes. Okay, uh, today's show is the uh, history of the Walt Disney Company, part one, cartoons to Disneyland. All right. Uh, to start off, Walt has been quoted saying... I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. This, however, I think is not 100% accurate. And I will explain by presenting to you... Oh, the history. (laughs) Okay. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Let's just start this off. Okay. In 1917, um, Walt dropped out of high school. He was in Chicago at the time, and he was uh, age 16, and he dropped out in hopes that he could join the Army. Unfortunately, he is rejected for being underage. Why he didn't already know that, I don't know, but uh, he instead joins the Red Cross and spends one year in France driving an ambulance. Walt then comes back from France and works for his father at the Ozel factory, which we know a little bit about already. Um, not feeling particularly excited about this career path, he decides to move to Kansas City. This is where he had grown up, um, and he feels like he could begin a more artistic career if he were back home, mm-hmm. a little more comfortable. 
Um, so he gets back to Kansas City. He considers acting, um, but decides instead to draw political characters and try to grab a job at the local newspaper. Unfortunately, <laughs> again, this does not work out. So he tries to get a job as an ambulance driver because he already has experience. Uh, no luck there either. Meanwhile, his brother Roy is working at the local bank, and after speaking to a colleague about Walt, he's able to snag him a temp job at the Pesman Rubin Art Studio, creating advertisements for newspapers, magazines, and movie theaters. This is a really important time in Walt's life, because during this time at the Pesman Rubin uh, Art Studio, this is where he met and befriended cartoonist uh, Ube Iwerks. Ube Iwerks. Excuse me. And uh, once there... So he was also working as a temp... Um, at the same company. And once both of their jobs ended, they decided to start their own company together. So they were both working as these cartoonists, okay. uh, doing these little ads, and so then they, their job ended, they decided to start a company together. In January of uh, 1920, Yube and Walt start the company iWorks Disney Commercial Artists. So they're essentially oh, going to be doing... got uh, top billing on that. They did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so they're essentially doing the same thing that they were doing at this other company, but they started their own. Yeah. It doesn't do very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Walt leaves temporarily to earn some money. Uh, at the So he goes to work at the Kansas City Film Ad Company. He's quickly joined by iWorks, who was not able to manage the business alone. So their business failed right. pretty quickly. Unfortunately, um, while there, they both learned about cell animation, uh, which Walt believed was much more promising than the cutout animation that the world was used to. So, cutout like South anim- Park, yeah, exactly, yeah. right, exactly. South Park is kind of that cutout animation, whereas cell animation is the Alice in Wonderland or whatnot. Right. right. So this is where he first learns about it, and uh, he reads a lot of textbooks. He he's learning from his colleagues, and this is kind of another turning point in his life where he's like. Starting the, the wheels are starting to turn of, of things that he could produce. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, Walt, along with uh, then colleague Fred Harmon, began to create cartoons called Laughograms. Mm-hmm. Uh, these cartoons became very popular in Kansas City area, and he was able to open his own studio on May 18, 1922, which he called the Laughogram Studio. At Laughagram Studio, Walt and animator Yube Iwerks produced a silent black-and-white cartoon about a girl named Alice who lives in a cartoon world. This was a mix between a live action and a cartoon. So basically, this, this, uh, this little girl Alice, played by Virginia Davis, was a real living person. She was a human. Right. Uh, and she was living in this cartoon world. So she was basically, the, the storyline is that she's on this movie set or this movie set of some sort and she ends up inside the cartoon world and so she's interacting with these cartoons which at the time was really a unique and right. refreshing kind of thing to just yeah. like well the whole medium was right 10 20 years old right exactly yeah. yeah so it was all brand new it was all exciting for everybody um this cartoon was called alice's wonderland <laughs> which i think is kind of funny because alice in wonderland was right. much much older than this yeah but uh, but I don't know if that was done on purpose. But sure, it was just a coincidence. Yeah, totally. <laughs> not to make money or anything. Right. He's, he's not that smart. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, again, unfortunately, due to lack of profits, high employee wages, and Disney's inability to manage the money, Laughogram Studios began drowning in debt and ended up bankrupt. So this is now his, like, third or fourth, unfortunately. Right. Uh, in his... Uh, 
leap to his career, which I think is kind of telling to people. Uh, things aren't always going to work out the best the first time out. Right. You know, you or the fourth time out. Right. Or the fourth time out. You, but that's one thing about Waldo is he just kept going. So uh, at this point, he then goes to work as a freelance photographer until he raised enough money for a one-way train ticket to Los Angeles. The City of Dreams, right? Isn't that what it is? City of Angels. City of Angels. Well, City of Angels, but I don't know. There's dreams there, too. Um, <laughs> sure are. You uh, walk across them. Remember, I think that's what they're paved in. They're <laughs> paved in. There's no concrete. It's just the dreams of musicians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actresses <laughs> and all sorts of people. They're not waitresses. They're actresses. That's right. right. That wait tables. <laughs> uh, so in California, he spent his time sending out proposals for the Alice series. So this is now going to become a bigger thing. Uh, he was hoping to obtain a distribution agreement, of course. That's what everyone in Hollywood is hoping to do, I mm-hmm. think. Um, after only a couple of months, a deal was arranged through Winkler Pictures, run by Margaret Winkler. At this time, the studio's, uh, that studio's centerpiece animated series had been Felix the Cat. Mm-hmm. So we've all heard of F- Felix the Cat. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, due to a fallout with Pat Sullivan, who at the time was the producer of the first Felix the Cat, that studio needed a really quick replacement. So Walt got the contract he was looking for. So things just sort of fell into place really well for him because they were looking for somebody and he was looking for a contract. That's a that's a key to life, kids. If you want to get entertainment, leave Kansas City. <laughs> There's nothing in Kansas City to for you. There's nothing. That's true. Um, on October 16th, 1923, the same day that this contract was signed with Winkler Pictures, the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio was founded by Walt and Roy Disney. Uh, Learning from his past mistakes, this time Walt dealt with all creative matters while Roy managed the finances. Smart. Yes. Mm -hmm. He finally realized he can't do it all. (laughs) Um, Also, per Roy's Roy's suggestion, the studio was really quickly renamed to the Walt Disney Studio. Hmm. Uh, Now let's move to um, four years later. In 1927, due to due to cost and technical restrictions, Walt decides to scrap what they are then calling the Alice comedies, uh, and begins to search for new creative opportunities. I I think that this happened a lot in his career. He does something, he's really jazzed about it, and then yeah. he kind of gets bored. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's boredom. Uh, in this case, it was technical restrictions, which to me is partially boredom. Like he wants something more. He always wanted right. something more. So that's kind of where he's at at this point. Like, he's done something great, but he wants more. Uh, Luckily, at this same time, Universal Studios wanted to get into the cartoon business and needed a cartoon character of its own. Disney signed a contract with Universal Studios, which led to the creation of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit Mm -hmm. and Universal's first cartoon series. Uh, Work on both the character and the series began just after Disney moved his studio to to Hyperion Avenue. The first Oswald cartoon, called Poor Papa, was rejected by the Universal Studio heads for its poor production quality and the age of Roswell. Wow. <laughs> I just went somewhere else. Right. Um, the uh, age of Oswald. Okay. I love that show. <laughs> I know, me yeah. too. Uh, anyway, uh, Disney, uh, Walt, again with iWorks, uh, decided to create a second cartoon titled Trolley Troubles. And this featured a much younger and neater and cleaner Oswald. This short was released on September 5th, 1927. The success of the Oswald series allowed Walt Disney Studio to grow to a staff of nearly 20. 
Wow. So finally, something's going right for him, which right. is great. Um, within a year, Walt and his animators made 26 of these Oswald, Oswald cartoons. Unfortunately, again, I'm using that word way too often. Uh, when he tried to get some additional money from Winkler Pictures for a second year of cartoons, he found that the distributor had actually gone behind his back and hired almost all of his animators, hoping to make Oswald cartoons in their own studio for much less money than uh, for much less money without Walt Disney. Wow! Hmm. So they just completely stole him. To make matters worse, <laughs> upon rereading his contract, Walt realized that he did not, in fact, own the rights to the Oswald character. You dummy! The distributor did. <clears throat> I wonder what those animators think. You know now, like you know, I mean. So when? What year was this? About this was uh, about 1927. Okay, so you know Walt goes on not spoiler alert, <laughs> yeah, to make a bunch of movies, right? Yeah, with animators, mm-hmm. and he's he's a pretty loyal guy from he's what I very, understand, right? Yeah. What do you think these people are? Dude, we just got you know we hustled Walt. Now we're, we're we have a, a guaranteed job at this other place, right? Um, and then Walt goes, well, forget every, forget all y'all. Bye, Felicia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, 10 years later, he's hiring a bunch of animators to do other things. And they're like, what's going on? I want, you know what I mean? I wonder what happened to the people who went behind Walt's back. Right. Because you don't hear about Winkler pictures. <laughs> you hear about Walt Disney pictures. Exactly. Right. But I mean, even just the, even just the animators. Yeah. What did they do? Yeah. You it's know what I mean? Not cool. No, it's not cool. <laughs> I don't think that they went far. Yeah. Um, so this was this was probably the most painful lesson for any young cartoon producer to learn, but especially for Walt. Yeah. Um, this. Uh, so from this point forward, of course, Walt made sure that he exclusively owned the rights to all of his characters and creations, which I think, in my personal opinion, this is actually why the Disney company has become so profitable. Completely agree. Was yeah. this lesson right here. Yeah. I think. Um, so moving on. To 1928, um, although dismayed at losing the rights to Oswald and the betrayal of his staff, which has to just be a bummer, yeah, it's for hurt. such a loyal person like well, him, especially as a lo- it has to be. They had to be family. They had to fill like oh, family yeah. at that point. Only 20 people, you yeah, know? like yeah, um, all except Ube Iwerks and Apprentice Les Clark. They left to work. Everybody else left to work for Winkler Productions. So he was left with two people, two loyal folks. Um, however, Walt was determined to restart from scratch. Mm-hmm. That's that's the running theme in this whole thing. Uh, Iwerks was tasked with coming up with a new character. Uh, after after rejecting cats, dogs, a female cow, and a male horse, and a male frog, Walt remembered a small tame mouse on his desk at Laugh-A-Gram Studios back in Kansas City and asked Iwerks uh, to work on creating a mouse character. Mickey Mouse is born. Nice. <laughs> Although not uh, before first being named Mortimer Mouse. Morty Mouse? Mor- <laughs> yeah. Morty Mouse. <laughs> I like that. Terrible. Uh, Lillian thought so, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she convinced Walt to change the name. She didn't like the way it sounded. Right. Although it is a funny name. Yeah. It, it would have been funny. It's it funnier been than funny, Mickey. It would have been funny, but I don't think it would have been as popular as Mickey. Mortimer Mouse? Mortimer. Especially not now. Maybe. I mean, that's a very... Dated name, I think. That's true. In the 20s, 30s. Right, right. I think Mortimer is is just uh, like Oob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. you know, no one names their kid Oob. His name was Hubert. Was it? No, it was actually Yub. I just looked that. Well, I think that's his middle name. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oob, <laughs> Hubert, I work. Because it's U B B E and then a space and, and then, then Ebert. Ebert. It's very weird. Yub Ebert? I mean, it's no wonder he goes by Yub. Right. <laughs> is it Yub or Oob? 
thought it was oob. Let's ask him. Oh, wait. <laughs> I thought it was you, but I don't I know don't how know. to read the Greek letter. Thing. I can't either. Like I, was, Latin I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. What does it look like? Is it straight or no. is it, it curved? Looks like an ups- it looks like a V. Yeah, upside it's an upside down, down V. With a line above it. Oh, I don't know either. Yeah, it's yeah. Latin. <laughs> Nobody knows. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> um, on a side note about the naming, uh, Mickey Rooney has claimed that Walt was inspired to name uh, to name the mouse Mickey after meeting him. Are mm-hmm. you surprised by that <laughs> at all? Right. Well, yeah. Um, Gary Busey said the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, this has been widely debunked uh, by Disney historians. So, mm. uh, it poor was, Mickey Rooney. Poor Mickey Rooney. Uh, Walt and his animators um, originally created two Mickey Mouse cartoons, but he was unable to gain distribution for them because sound was the next big thing. Nobody wanted silent cartoons anymore. Right. Uh, the third Mickey Mouse cartoon, Steamboat Willie, which I'm sure we've all heard of, mm-hmm. was animated with a fully synchronized soundtrack. Uh, while Steamboat Willie was not the first cartoon with, with synchronized sound, it was the first that synchronized throughout. Okay. So Disney had, um, he had the sound recorded with a click track, which kept the musicians on beat with the sound. As opposed to what was happening before. Like a metronome. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so previous to this, um, movies would start out in sync, and then they would just kind of fall out. Right. So this was the first one that the whole movie just all went together. Is it still with people playing, like, the piano? Because that's how they they really were doing sound and and music for, you know, shorts and films, where there would be either an orchestra or usually someone on a piano playing with what was going on on screen. Was was, that what was happening? No, this was actually recorded. Okay. This was a recorded track. Okay. And at this point in in history, uh, it was less of that and more of this recorded sound. Okay. Um, He just found a way to really synchronize it better. Um, Steamboat Willie opened in New York to rave reviews. Finally, something good has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It opened on November 18th, and Mickey Mouse was an immediately popular and beloved character. Like, there was no hesitation on this. Everybody loved Mickey. Uh, September 1929, theater manager Harry Wooden requested permission to start a Mickey Mouse club, which Walt approved. This was a theater-based club, so it's not the Mickey Mouse Club on TV. Yeah. There's not really TV yet. <laughs> um, and by 1932, the club had, get this, one million members throughout the U.S. What? <laughs> yeah. This is just spread by basically word of mouth. Like, right. So one million across the U.S., and it began branching out into Britain. Wow, this that's This is 1929. Crazy. That's insane. I mean, there were only like a million people in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on? <laughs> It's kind of insane. Like, yeah, he went weird. from, like, a complete failure, like, kind of a loser, to all of a sudden, like, he creates this character that just right. skyrockets. It's, it's crazy. Um, Walt, though, uh, didn't spend too much time swooning over this popularity. Uh, in 1929, he began to produce another series, The Silly Symphonies. It featured different casts of characters in each film and enabled the animators to experiment with stories and uh, that relied less on the gags and quick humor and more on mood, emotion, and musical themes. If you haven't seen any of these, uh, just do a quick search in, in um, YouTube. Yeah. They're, they're kind of amazing, and they're a little boring, but they're kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. For If you think about it at that time period. Right, exactly, within context. Yeah. Um, the Silly Symphony series is the most is most noted for its use by Walt Disney as a platform for experimenting with processes, uh, processes, uh, techniques, characters, and stories in order to further the art of animation. So this was 
I like to think of it as this was his schooling. He used this. He used he was popular already. Like think he was doing well at this point. So he used this as a way to I think gauge people's interest as well mm-hmm. and see how far he could take things. Um that's my personal opinion. But uh Walt had seen uh some of Dr. Herbert Calamus's tests for a new three strip RGB uh full color technicolor process. So before this they were using a two color strip. Um, which was color, but it was only red and green. Mm-hmm. And so this was now red, green, and blue, which would replace the previous. Oh, <laughs> I just said that. Uh, Disney quickly signed a contract with Technicolor, which gave the Disney studio exclusive rights to the new three strip process wow. through the end of 1935. That's pretty huge. Wow. Yeah. That's, this is a smart person. He's finally figured out how, how yeah. to run a company. <laughs> Eighth time of the term, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, even though one of. One of the symphony series was 60% complete before this happened. Walt scrapped the one the one called Flowers and Trees to have it redone in full Technicolor. 60% done with a project. And you go, never mind. We're going to start over. Yeah. Well, um, your cash flush at this point, you know, you yeah. can afford to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it paid off. In 1932, Flowers and Trees won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. Awesome. Uh, this was the first award of its kind, and Disney went on to win this award for various films over the next eight years. So, he cre- essentially, he created this award, and then he went on and won it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> for eight years. Yeah. Um, also, during this time period, um, 1929, just mm-hmm. to remind you, mm-hmm. Walt was offered $300 to license Mickey Mouse on a pencil and a children's writing tablet. He, he figured he needed the money. Not sure why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I guess it costs a lot of money to do these things. Um, So he said, yes. At this point, uh, the Walt Disney Studios company was recognized recognized as a corporation with the name Walt Disney Productions. So it was Walt Disney Studios. Now it's Walt Disney Productions. And a merchandise, and it had a merchandising division called Walt Disney Enterprises, WED, okay. which we're pretty familiar with. Um, it also had two subsidi- subsidiaries, um, the Disney Film Recording Company and Lyle Reali- uh, Realty and Investment Company for Real Estate Holdings. Mm-hmm. So this is okay. now, he's branching off. He's realizing that there's, there's a lot yeah. to this name, and he's putting things in different places. I wonder if he had... Um uh, anybody in his ear, you know, any advisors in this process? Because it seems like, I mean, he's, uh, Im- you know, uh, from an immigrant family, I think, right? Well, besides Doesn't Roy, I, yeah, I don't know if but, anyone else is saying anything. Right, like, you know, who who are his friends along the right. way? You know, I, I wonder if he, you know what I mean, went to somebody in real estate and be like, look, you know, you need to help me out. I mean, by this time, he's winning Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. He has no shortage of friends or contacts. And that's the thing. I so think I wonder that if that's something to do with that. When you are someone who is successful, successful people tend to be around other successful people. Yeah. So it, it may have just been kind of organic where he, he hears what people are see, uh, saying or he sees what people are doing and he goes, you know what, maybe I should do that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely. And I think Roy doesn't get a whole lot of um, – I don't want to say he doesn't get a lot of credit, but he doesn't – he's not in He's not in these stories that right. you read and that you hear about. He's <laughs> right. just not right. in them. But yeah. I think he has a lot to do with all of this. Yeah, and I wonder if he's not in them because he's – Roy Disney, no one cares. But <laughs> yeah. you know that he didn't do a lot. But it's it's always a focus on Walt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. poor Roy, I know. which is well, probably why he blew Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this yeah. is my chance to totally <laughs> ruin every. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Go ahead, Tara. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so uh, moving on, Walt uh, never won to accept idle success, 
decided that he wanted to push the animation boundaries even further. Uh, the Walt Disney Productions began pr- uh, production of its first feature-length animated film in 1934. This is obviously Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Um, it took three years to complete and premiered in December uh, 1937. This became the highest grossing film of its time at $66 million. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy just to think about. It. Was, was Star Wars is what, a billion? Yeah. No? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but back then, 1937, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, it was beat out in 1939, so two years later, by Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. But okay. still, Gone with the Wind is is yeah. live action. I mean, it's still kind of incredible. Gone with the wind. It's gone, yeah, with, the wind. It's gone with the wind. I wonder what uh, 66 mil is adjusted for inflation. 88 White Houses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, I have no idea. Okay, go ahead. A lot. Uh, using the profits from Snow White, Disney financed the construction of a 51-acre studio complex in Burbank, California. By the end of 1939, the new Walt Disney Studios, in which the company is headquartered to this day, was completed and open for business. The following year, on April 2nd, Walt Disney Productions had its first public offering. So, what is that math? 1939, so from, where do we start this? 1917 to 1939, he now mm-hmm. has a publicly traded company. It's about 20 years or so, give or take. That's, a couple. that's yeah. so crazy 22 to me. years. That's a short period of time to yeah. become probably a millionaire at this point. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, I don't know. To me, that's just incredible. And he's, what, 30-something? Yeah. Probably. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so Walt Disney Production uh, continued to produce short and featured uh, animations in the early 1940s, including Pinocchio, Fantasia, your mm. favorite movie. I'm never so, going to finish uh, that. I know. Can we just How's skip that it? Going? Um, I'm thinking, I don't know. Well, look, let's move on <laughs> from Fantasia. Whoever has the next animated classic can do it. That's me. I'll okay, then just go it's do Dumbo. it. Just That's do it. Fun. I'm never going to. Fantasia's terrible. All right. Well, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Dumbo Bambi. Then. <laughs> Bambino. Bambino. <laughs> uh, then, due to World War II, they lost a lot of their foreign market, and profits from these fil- films just naturally sank. They just didn't do well at the time because no one was going to see movies. Yeah. So now we're in wartime. Wartime in the entertainment industry. Um, this was interesting for Walt Disney Productions. Uh, once the U.S. entered the war, many of the studio's <laughs> animators were actually drafted. So they weren't able to work. Yeah. Uh, then the U.S. and Canadian governments commissioned the studio to produce training and propaganda films. So these are really interesting. If you ever have a chance to make it to the um, Walt Disney Family Museum mm-hmm. in San Francisco, they have a lot of these originals there. The, the ads and the some of the films that they that they actually produced for the war as yeah. propaganda. It's I had no idea until I went there, but it's really fascinating because it's you know. Even Donald Duck appeared in a number of the, the like comical propaganda shorts. Yeah, I and mean, th- won an Academy Award for one of them. Right. I mean, like, mo- mo- I think most popular was the you know, Warner Brothers did a lot of those. Bugs Bunny was in a lot yeah. of yeah. anti-Japanese, anti-German yes. cartoons. But I mean, Disney also they did a lot of um, manuals, like training manuals for stuff too, which is kind of neat. And you can see that at the museum too, oh, like beef, you know, like uh, not B fifty two bombers, maybe. But just all that kind of stuff, and even even drawing the 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 crests of the different um, um, sections for the Air Force and stuff yeah. like that. There there were a lot of a lot of those. So Sam actually found some of these online. Yeah. 
disclaimer, I'm not sure how legal that was, but moving forward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, he was showing me one. He's like, have you ever seen this? And it was like, it was Donald Duck versus another Donald Duck. But that Donald Duck had like a swastika on his arm. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. they were talking. It, it was crazy. I was like. Straight up war propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Right. Crazy. there were a few that are that are banned yeah. because they're. I mean, you know, we call them propaganda at the time. It was propaganda, but now it's just racist. Yeah, yeah. So right. it's, yeah. it's really terrible to think about it in 2016 mm-hmm. in our mindset. But in the 40s, these were our enemies, and you 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 kind of have to you know slag them off a bit. You have yeah. to you know because that's just the the mind the war mindset. It's very yeah. crazy. But uh, you watch it now, you're like. <laughs> that's serious, really that's uncomfortable. Exactly what I did. I wa- he was watching it on the computer, and I walked in. And I'm like, "What are you? <gasps> what <laughs> is this?" Just stereotypical. It's just yeah. It, anyway, uh, so you, it's kind of I don't know. I think, and I think uh, some Disney historians or whatever they call it, like the dark days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, that's a little bit uh, I don't know. That's weird. from our perspective. Back then, well, exactly. they were they were making money how they right. could. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and also, Walt Disney, he wanted to join the war at 16. Like, this guy is patriotic. <laughs> right. Just leave him alone for right. a minute. Right. Well, he, he he fudged his age, too. Yeah. He entered, uh, like, 17, I think. Yeah. He lied about his age to get in. It still didn't work. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? No, yeah. he drove he drove the ambulance. No, that was through the Red Cross. Yeah, it wasn't. He found a loophole. He, exactly. wasn't, he wasn't in the war. He yeah, exactly. Went, he went... To the, he went to France um, yeah, he via was, the Red Cross. Right. He wasn't fighting in the war. He was driving an ambulance during the war. Yeah. Right. Um, so by 1942, 90% of its 550 employees were working on war-related films. No one was making anything else at this point. Um, so with limited staff and little operating capital after the... Oh, so, okay, sorry. The war's over. Hey! Okay, good. That was easy. <laughs> um, but fast. at this time, with limited staff and little operating capital... They had a really tough time regaining their pre-war footing. Yeah. I mean, everybody did. It wasn't mm-hmm. just them. but uh, So the studio released some shorts, um, some live-action films during this time, um, one of which was the uh, Three Caballeros. Caballero, yeah, Caballero? yeah, Three Caballeros, yeah. Yeah, so that was released during this time, but it wasn't <laughs> super successful. Right, no. Know, it didn't really Even now, people love it for its nostalgia. I mean, it's, I mean, it's fine. But I don't even think I've seen it. I don't really like Donald. Can I just say that? Is that okay to say? Donald Duck okay. kind of bothers me. He's probably my favorite one. Really? really? Yeah. He's. I think he's a little bothersome. He's I, grumpy. Yeah. I, I like that my dad could make his voice when I was little. I thought that was cool, but <laughs> he's a little irritating. Yeah. What do you think, Bev? I think he's annoying. <laughs> I think it's funny when the other characters make fun of him. Yeah, because yeah, they always do. For sure. <laughs> Jerks. You th- who came first, Donald or Daffy? Ooh. Aren't they the same? Oh, they're <laughs> not the same. But neither one of them can talk. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. I don't know. Who came first? I, I would imagine Donald, and then and then Warner Brothers kind of I would imagine so cranked out a Daffy, which is the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Except I, at least Donald kind of wears clothes. Daffy doesn't wear any clothes. Daffy's yeah, just wrapped up, right? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, huh. moving on. Yeah, sorry. Um, it wasn't until the release of Cinderella in 1950 that they proved a feature-length animation could still succeed in the marketplace. So this was big. Okay. Uh, in December 1950, that same year, Walt debuted his first television special on NBC. It was called An Hour in Wonderland and featured Walt as the host with Catherine Beaumont, the voice of Alice in Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. um, and other celebrities who worked with Walt, including the fire, the Firehouse 5 plus 2 jazz band, <laughs> which, if you don't know, was a Dixieland jazz band uh, whose band members were all Disney animators. Oh, that's cool. And 
was really cool. Um, not surprisingly, uh, wow, that's this, talent. I mean, doesn't uh, Dixieland jazz is not easy. No, yeah. I mean, jazz in itself isn't really easy. But and also, I'm sorry, but that name is amazing. The right. Firehouse Five plus two plus two. No, you don't just change it to Firehouse Seven. No, no because you probably already have. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's very Disney. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, at this point. Um, not surprisingly, the special was a promotional film for the for Disney's upcoming theatrical feature, Alice in Wonderland. He didn't say it at the time, but mm-hmm. it clearly was. Um, Walt enjoyed his time on television. He saw it as both an emerging market as well as a way to reach a wider audience more frequently. This is another one of those turning points where things are changing in technology and in audiences. You know, people yeah. don't have to go somewhere to see something anymore. They can see it on their couch. And so everything's kind of changing, and Walt is on top of it. He is the first person to notice it. Maybe not the very first. It may have been Steve Jobs, but it's debatable. Thanks. Uh, Walt launched his very own um, regular series in October 1954 on ABC called, you guessed it, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, did guess it. Did you? No. Good. Um. This would go on to become one of the longest-running primetime series in history. It had 53 seasons and wow. 1,224 episodes. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. That's great. It is still second. It's It has second place. I forget what first place was now. Yeah. Probably Days of Our Lives. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. General it's Hospital. Crazy. Oh, Dr. No, but Sexy is, MD. This is primetime. Yeah, even yeah. even bigger. Like it's just, this is like if Friends were still going and yeah. they were like old and they had canes and <laughs> they are kind of old. <laughs> yeah, but that's just before plastic surgery. So <laughs> um, this uh, this series did not happen, however, just because Walt liked being on TV. For years, uh, Walt had been uh, getting requests from fans for site visits to the studio in Burbank. Mm-hmm. He didn't think that a uh, that a functional movie studio had much to offer, and he began to brainstorm ideas for building a site near the Burbank Studios for tourists to visit. Um, this idea evolved into a small park, a small play park with a with a boat ride and other themed areas where parents and children could, could both have fun. Um, Walt once said, however, I could never convince the financiers that Disneyland was feasible because dreams offer too little collateral. Hmm. So essentially what he's saying is, he has a lot of ideas, but nobody wants to back them because right. they think he's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's breaking new ground pretty much with everything that he's doing. And so, while he's doing good, he does have kind of a rocky history of <laughs> right. poor decisions. Yeah. Well, right. and then you know also how you know how many times can he succeed by breaking new ground? You know, you're challenging kind of everything that's happening. I think so far. Um, at some point, it's going to not end well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right. things are going to go wrong or, or you're going to be incorrect. So I could definitely see where people were kind of eh, a little hesitant. Well, and also, this isn't a cheap project. Right, right. <laughs> like, um, Although if I had like, you know, $10 million at the time, I probably would have thrown in with him too. Because like, well, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. Right. Yeah. He, he's at least learned it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, naturally, the Disney company itself did not have the capital to support the building of this park. And since uh, many of the potential investors thought that he was completely insane for trying to break into what was then referred to as the carnival business, mm-hmm. huh. nobody wants to be in the carnival business. Sorry, uh, carnies, right? Carnies do. Small hands. Uh, he like had cabbage. To, <laughs> he had to find a way to raise um, 
some funds himself. This is actually why he started the series Disneyland. It's not surprising at this point, but at the time, no one knew. Uh, ABC at the time was a relatively new network, and they wanted to make a name for themselves, so they made a deal with Disney. Walt produces the show, the show Disneyland, excuse me, um, and airs it on ABC. And don't forget, he's already super famous at this point, and everyone knows who Walt Disney is. So this is a plus for ABC, mm-hmm. this brand new company. And in return, ABC helps finance the creation of this new project, Dislandia. Di- oh, I'm sorry, Disneylandia. Disneylandia. Disneylandia okay. is the new project. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to say, which is what I like most about right. it. Right. And, yeah. you know, Disney really, Walt really likes that name. Um, so that's, that's what the project was called. Um, later, ABC also agreed to air the Mickey Mouse Club, which at this point had had sprung up it had it's not in theaters anymore now it's an actual it's becoming an actual tv show Mm -hmm. and a bigger deal um so that tv show along with disneyland tv show um were a major financial backing for this new project in 1952 at the advice of abc executives walt officially changed the name of his project to disneyland (laughs) thank goodness a lot better (laughs) so that, my friends, is the history of how Walt took his failing animation company in Kansas City, brought it to California, and prepared it to become one of the most influential and profitable companies in the world. Lest we not forget, however, that it was all sort of started by a mouse. By a rabbit called Oswald. That's not his. I'm not gonna, but it was at the time. Man, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. After that, I'm really looking forward to the next one as well. That was a lot of information I I just didn't know. That was good. The next what? Next segment? Next, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So be good. what are we covering in the next one, Turn? The next so, one? Where did we stop officially? We stopped just before he starts to build Disneyland. Okay, so that's the, so he's, uh, he's, that's the preview. He's mm-hmm. getting his money so that he can fund this new project. I, I didn't – sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> wait, um, wait, he built Disney what? <laughs> started Disneyland. Donald Duck, born 1934. Yeah. Daffy Duck, born 1937. See? Ah. Rip off artists. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the next the next uh, segment of this, and I'm not sure when it'll be, because this one actually took a long time. I've been working on this for quite a while. Yeah. Um, it's going to be about... Disney, the building of Disneyland, because I think, like a lot of us know, not everything went according to plan. There's a lot of companies, a lot of people involved in this, and I'd like to actually give a full, as much history as I can get on it. Um, Awesome. Rather than just knowing just the little tidbits here and there, I think that there's a lot to be learned here. So the next one's going to be just mostly about Disneyland itself. Nice. Cool. Good job, Terry. The nerd in me is really excited about that, because I feel like it's going to tie in some of the windows we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Uh, let's do a little bit of Disney news here. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. All right, got lots to cover in the Disney news here. Um I did want to uh, say a couple people sent uh, this article in, but I also read it on, uh, on I don't know, the internet, I think, if, if that thing's still around. Um, the interwebs? The interwebs. Uh, Disney's, um, Disney World, this, this is the title, how sensational is this? Disney World's biggest threat is about to get bigger. Whoa. Yeah. Because uh, Universal is uh, thinking that they're 
expanding. I guess they just bought a bunch of land. Mm-hmm. They're going to start really focusing on the, the roller coaster kind of thrill ride stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the details I don't really care about. But th- this is what was interesting to me. Uh, a couple shows ago, we did um, some um, attendance numbers for Disney World and whatever. Oh, right. um, and they they have the uh, Universal Studios uh, attendance numbers in here now. So Magic Kingdom in 2006, they had 16.6 million people visit. In 2014, 19.3. That's a change of 16.2%. Uh, Epcot had a change of 9.5%. You saw people kind of come up a little bit. Uh, the Animal Kingdom, which is terrible, uh, 16.7%. Hollywood Studios, 13%. That is uh, their lowest attended park is the uh, uh, the Hollywood Studios, but that's where Star Wars Land is going, and I think Cars Land also. Oh, nice. So oh, that's that's gonna go. That's gonna go through the roof. Smart, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal Studios, Florida, thirty. They grew thirty seven point seven percent in two thousand fourteen. Wow. Harry Potter. Potter. Right. Eight point two million people. Islands wow. of Adventure, which is the new Harry Potter, where new Harry Potter. Grew fifty three point six percent, but still at eight point four one eight point one four million dollars or million uh, visitors. That's insane to me. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's incredible. I mean, they, so in two thousand six, Islands of Adventure saw five million visitors. They are so lucky they have. In two thousand fourteen, they saw eight million visitors. That's crazy. Like, jeez, man. So I don't know. The whole article was just about um, all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, that's it. interesting, mm-hmm. but it you know I, I kind of think it doesn't really matter because Star Wars Land is being built and right. that's going to crush everything. So uh, it's a weird thing, man. Interesting. Speaking of Star Wars, uh, we're not. Don't worry, no spoilers yet, folks. Uh, but in, in case you haven't been following along, George Lucas has been in the news because uh, he's kind of been bashing Disney. And then uh, I guess he looked at his stock portfolio and realized he owned a giant majority of stock and then kind of <laughs> was like, oh, hey, I didn't really mean. Like he didn't know that before. He just has a giant mouth. He does have a big. Well, I, see, I think so he made some comment about selling it to white slavers, but he was yeah. trying to be funny. You can't be how funny that, when you're a celebrity. How Sorry. is that ever a joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because he's, uh, I don't know, he has better hair than I do, that's about it. Uh, but here, here's a good quote. Uh, uh, they wanted to do a retro movie. Uh, George Lucas talks his breakup from Star Wars. Uh, he was on um, Charlie Rose, which I'm surprised is still kind of on. Um, here it goes. He says, uh, breaking up is hard to do, and George Lucas is taking his exit from the franchise rather hard. Back in November, he went into detail about his breakup from Star Wars. And in a much longer holiday season chat with Charlie Rose, he once again reflects on how everything went down. As we well know by now, Lucas had his own ideas for the sequels ready to go, but Disney wasn't so keen on them. And that's pretty much what led to Lucas to split from the franchise he started. They looked at the stories and said, we want to make something for the fans. They decided they didn't want to use those stories. They decided they were going to do their own thing. They weren't that keen to have me involved anyway. But if I get in there, I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do. And I don't have the control to do that anymore. And all I would do is muck everything up, he said. And so I said, okay, I will go my own way and I'll let them go their way. He goes on to call the Star Wars films his kids, but concedes that I sold them to the... Well, this is that stupid comment that he made. Uh, anyway, uh, he says, they wanted to do a retro movie. I don't like that. Every movie I work very hard to make them completely different, with different planets, with different spaceships. Make it new, he said. 
It made a billion dollars doing it this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, they win. Pretty much the way you wanted to do it wasn't good. One, two, and three. Cough. I was just yes. going to say, what didn't he do the second trilogy? He. Cough, cough. He he wrote one, two, and three, I think. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. It was, and they were all, they're awful. I've not, I've only seen one. I was told I didn't need to see two and three. No. Well, if, I can if, just pretend they didn't exist. They are better than one, but incrementally so. Two isn't better than one. Two's terrible. Get out of here. Get out of town with you. <laughs> I thought that was. I don't know. I I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's interesting that you know Lucas and his storytelling abilities are just kind of not very good. He wrote this really good story, and that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, really. Did he write the books? <sighs> the Star Wars series is a. It's a book series, right? I love you. I just. I do. No. No, it is. Yes, it is. But it. It, 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 it was a movie first. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Did he write the books? Shut uh, up. And still speaking of Star Wars, um, this is an interview with J.J. Abrams, and he responds to the, quote, ripoff criticism about the new Force Awakens movie. Um, He says, uh, I knew that whatever we did, there would be a group of people, and I was just hoping and praying that we would be smaller than not, that would take issue with any number of things, Abram says in uh, some interview, uh, Hollywood Reporter, admitting that uh, everything about the project initially scared him. But I knew we weren't making the movie for any other reason than we believed that it could be something meaningful and special and entertaining and worthy of people's time. And sure enough, he has a response to complaints that The Force Awakens leans too heavily on homages from the original trilogy. He says, I can understand that someone might say, oh, it's a complete ripoff. Uh, what's, what was important for me was introducing brand new characters using relationships that were embracing the history that we know to tell a story that is new to go backwards to go forwards. And I totally agree. Yeah, and, uh, you know, 100%. Whenever we do our little Star Wars rundown, I'd like to do it tonight, but we're kind of running out of time. Right. Um, uh, that's an important piece for me. As to what lies ahead for the Star Wars series, Abrams reveals that he did have the opportunity to stay on the series for future installments, but he said, I realized when I was working on The Force Awakens, the amount of energy that was required to tell the story and do it justice, knowing when Episode uh, 8 would start shooting, there's no way, if I wanted to still have my children talk to me in my old age, that doing so would make any sense. He says, if The Force Awakens worked, it was the perfect place to say, I, I got to make a Star Wars movie and not be a greedy bastard. If it didn't work, no one would want me doing it anyway. <laughs> just kind of, I think he has the right attitude if you're going to survive in Hollywood, man. Like, yeah. look, this is just what's going on. Um, I'm disappointed anyway, that he's not good. doing the next one. Uh, so am I. And I don't. I'm not even a huge fan of his, but I. I think he did such. A, he knew exactly what the audience wanted. Yeah. He did exactly what the audience yeah. wanted. There were enough changes, so it was different and new. But it was also, it totally was retro, but mm-hmm. I just think he did such a good job. I'm really nervous yeah. about that. He the next nailed one. it. Nailed I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be nervous about it. There's, I, I don't think that they are going to let Star Wars get put into the hands of someone who doesn't know how to tell a story. Right. I think it's going to be totally fine. Like hopefully, George Lucas? Hopefully they bring Jar Jar back in this one. I would love that. I would love that. Lisa, uh, he, agree. <laughs> 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 Here's good news for all you... Uh, you know, people on the when the West Coast Bay Lake Society, I suppose. The Cove Bar in uh, DCA has finally been expanded. Yes. Yay. Right? Maybe we can actually go there for once. I know. <laughs> uh, they've, I think, almost, I think more than doubled in size. They have a giant patio now. And, I think uh, from what I heard, they tripled. kind of cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
I mean, he was teeny tiny before. Super small, which is fine, but, you know, there was such a giant line for it, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I I actually have been wanting to go there, but every time there's a giant line, and I ain't trying to stand in line while there's... Other lines. There's stand other in. thing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know, I don't really care. I'm not gonna stand in line. I gotta go stand in some more lines. Yeah, I got, right. I got another line to stand in. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, Disneyland is finally offering so- uh, SoCal residents uh, a discount on multi-day passes. Um, so they were, you know, they did pull down some um, where they had the uh, annual passes, annual passports for SoCal right. residents, and they kind of pulled those. Because they want to keep all you SoCal people out of there. But uh, Disneyland fans, locals only ticket pricing is back for two and three day passes, which I think is kind of funny. SoCal resident flex tickets for Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are on sale now, starting at one forty nine per person. The price will get you a pass for two days, which allows you to visit one park per day. Regular is one eighty five, so you're saving forty bucks or so. Do they have to be like sequential? Or, like, can you go to one one day and then that. a week later go to another park? That's a good question. Because otherwise I would be like, this is stupid. I live here. I don't want to come here, like, all the t- – like, I don't want to be here all weekend. But, sure, hmm. maybe I want to go for a day. I'm curious about that. I think that if you hmm. – yeah. No, that makes sense. I wonder if they do give you a, an amount of time in between the visits. That'd be a – I'm guessing they don't because yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you're kind of like, well, let's just let's just do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird that it's not a it's not a park hopper right. price. Mm-hmm. But also, you're in Southern California. Who's gonna stay for two days? But I guess being in SoCal doesn't necessarily mean driving distance, right? Because with LA traffic, you oh, never know true. how, how far you're going. That's true. Not always a day trip. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk Star Wars for like ten minutes after this show? Let's throw it on the end of the next one. Because the next show is going to be just as long. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but some people have to go to the go rest. Well, you don't need to be a part of it. <laughs> in no, in a room. We'll talk for ten minutes. Okay. Okay. So here we go. We're going to play the outro. Um, I don't I'm have turning my microphone off. Okay. I can no longer hear you. I don't have any uh, effect of the show. I kind of failed on that, but uh, whatever. Uh, so after the the outro music plays, we'll fade it out. We'll wait a couple seconds. And then we're going to start talking Star Wars. So if you don't want to hear about Star Wars right now, you can turn it off. Um, But, uh, you know, if you do, join us. Whatever. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. else left now we can get down to business so again if you know i I can feel people running back to their uh ipod or whatever (laughs) do do these people still carry ipods just on their phone yeah on their phone yeah yeah we're talking about star wars real quick not very long uh but i think we need to uh because um 
Well, we need to, man. It's uh, it's part of part of what we do. Uh, Star Wars Seven: The Force Awakens. I've seen it twice. Um, uh, last time I saw it was an IMAX 3D, which is awesome. And I, I, I will never, I've never recommended anybody going to see a 3D movie because it hurt my eyes. It, right, it makes right. me headache. Uh, this IMAX 3D or whatever was amazing. It was oh, awesome. Okay. Totally okay. recommend it. 20 okay. bucks, but whatever. Um, All right. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Um, I, you know, I can understand what Lucas and, and a bunch of the haters online are saying, that it's very similar. It's about, you know, a girl and a guy traveling through space, meeting Han Solo, and uh, blowing up a giant star killer thing. Death Star, it, it's Star It's a Death killer Star thing. times ten kind right. of thing, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I get that. Right. Totally understand it. Um, but there's so much... So much more to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that I really think Abrams did a, an awesome job telling that story. I thought it was great, and, um, and Becca, angry Becca, um, has seen episode four mm-hmm. and episode one, and that's <laughs> it. Okay, oh, and wow. she and so you know, and I've tried to get her to watch Empire, and I forgot who I was telling, but we were um, halfway through it, and she was like, "So, where's um, you know, where's?" James Earl Jones is like, well, it's just his voice. Like, he's not Darth Vader because that'd be awkward, you know. And then she just started quoting Spaceballs, and I lost her. Like, you know, she's okay. not into it at all. Yeah. It, but then when we were watching this movie, um, I leaned over to say something to her, and I didn't say something because I realized that she was paying attention to oh. episode seven. And we got out. She was like, that story was great, and the dialogue was fantastic. Yeah. And she realized that's what she didn't like about episodes one through six was the dialogue. So... Story-wise, I thought it was good. Six movies, and she couldn't find anything, well, no, she anything in the dialogue. She only watched two and a half. Oh, okay. She only watched right. two and a half. Well, I mean, so the first one in four, it, come on, it's 1976 when that thing was being written, right? right, it, right. It, it, your dialogue. So I try to tell Taryn when we watch older movies, this, the, the pacing and storytelling is it's, right. it's just different. Right. But even for 77 when that movie came out, it's still pretty progressive as far right. as you know getting getting through the things. No, I know. I, I yeah. agree. I agree. So I, I think dialogue well i think the uh character arc i think was pretty good you know you can't um you can't present everything that a character is in the first movie when you know it's going to be a trilogy yeah and i think they did a good job of telling a decent amount of the backstory yeah um and also um a decent amount of the motivation behind why they were doing what they were doing when you have ray who is um literally an orphan you know, looking for some way, some way out, and then you have Finn, who honestly was also an orphan, who mm-hmm. was who was um, just thrust into this this thing where you're going to be a soldier, and it was kind of strange to me at first when he was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do this. Like this is wrong." Um, but it just it really started to make sense, and they didn't tell. In my opinion, they didn't tell you too much. They didn't tell you too little. They told you the exact amount that you needed to know yeah. in order to actually care about care enough about the characters uh, but still not be sure where they'll be you know in a movie or two from now yeah you don't want to tell know? about their past right yeah right. so right now i you know i thought it was great i was extremely extremely surprised by how well it was done me Epi- too. Yeah, episode one, I saw it live in the theater and booed at the end. And <laughs> I know it, no one was there, you know, no one was there that made the movie, but I was like, everyone around me needs to know that this is bad, just yeah. if they like it. Um, but yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. I thought it was good. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, you know, and, and to those people who thought, oh, well, you know, they pulled too much from the, from the first three movies, essentially, or the, maybe the first movie. Um, if you thought it was going to be anything less than 
the cinematic equivalent of a Katy Perry song, <laughs> you were stupid. Right. Like, right. It, it, it had to be. That was the movie they had to make. Exactly. Uh, and I was reading this really interesting. Uh, okay, so here are some spoilers now. Um Luke isn't in it until like the last twenty seconds of the movie. And then he oh, so one of the things I don't know if you if you realized it. I know we're I don't know if we're on live stream still or not. But I, there yeah. was um, uh, a, the last time that he looked at her, you could tell it was a retake because he was looking up and then came back down to look at her all of a sudden, <laughs> and they got like that quarter of a second of him not being not looking at her the entire time mm-hmm. and it was just i mean it was horrible i mean first of all well maybe well you don't know he he maybe was just looking around no not looking around yeah. looking up and like getting into character and coming back down to look <laughs> at her yeah and i was I like i was like I oh know. mark come i can't on, imagine that that was the real it maybe looked like that but i just i can't imagine the high quality of that <laughs> that that was really what happened well it, i and when I when I watch it again, I'll yeah. give you the exact time that it happens. But I mean, I was cracking up the watching it. Was so funny. It's two hours and you know thirty two minutes. So it happened in two hours and thirty one. I can, no, I can give you the exact time well, without even exactly knowing what, what it was. About. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was good, and I thought the um, I was really, really, really surprised. Like I said, I was really yeah. surprised by um, how well it was done and the fact that I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have people in the studio now. Have you guys seen Star Wars? Because we're talking about Star Wars, and I don't know what... Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyways, I was watching this interview, with, or listening, reading this interview with Abrams, and uh, he was like, uh, uh, the reason we put Luke at the end is because every draft of the script where we put him in differently, in different mm-hmm. places, people were like, oh, I don't care about Ray and Finn anymore. Exactly. Now, let's, now what's up with Luke? You're absolutely and right. And so, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of part of the struggle that he had is is determining when um, uh, when to put certain characters right. into into the script. Characters that we all want to see back. Everyone wants to see Han too soon. Everyone wants to see Luke. Everyone <laughs> wants to see Leia. But we just, we, we can't, you can't have them all appear in the beginning and do this whole right. kind of arc. You, you just can't have it. You're, you're absolutely right. Because you need to introduce new characters to continue the story. That's what he was saying in that interview. You have to go backwards to kind of go forward. Right. And it was great the way that they introduced Han. I thought it was fantastic. It was you know, awesome. And, and I, I just want to say that if you didn't see what, what, what happened to him coming, then you weren't watching the movie. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, as soon yeah, as, that was not a surprise. I got, Sorry. I got it ruined for me, not once, oh, but twice. Oh, are you serious? Twice. Dude. And uh, it sucked. Um, so I knew exactly what was going to happen eventually, but I still held on to my in my head. I was like, maybe that guy was messing with me. No, uh, I I I think I wouldn't have seen Han bite it. I wouldn't. I I I I wouldn't have seen it coming because he's Han. But in hindsight, he was old. Man. He, was, he was tired. He His was, acting was yes. sloppy, and man. he is he's brilliant. Um, he yeah. was, but Harrison Ford was brilliant to do what he did because you're in a movie that's successful, that's already the biggest grossing movie of all time, and you know yeah. what? I'm out. I'm cashing right. my check, and I'm <laughs> out. And if the rest of the trilogy is terrible, it's not on me. They killed me. Right? It's not on me. He's a smart <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I think. Oh, and uh, he can't come back as one of those Jedi ghosts, huh? He no, he's, he's not, not part. He yeah, he yeah. doesn't have the Force. He's just gone forever. He's just done. He's gone forever, dude. He's just done. That's and then sad. people are like, well, we did actually see him die because if you remember, real. in Bespin in Cloud City, we saw Luke fall down the thing, and I'm like, yeah, but then he he went into a shoot and got rescued. Like we yeah. saw. 
that arc. So yeah. Han got run through. It's he, fine. Yeah, he didn't have a, a lightsaber through his chest. <laughs> right. It was a little bit different than your hand right. getting cut off and that happening. Uh, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Kylo Ren. Um, garbage, in my really? opinion. Really? Garbage. Oh, garbage, man. Really? And the reason why is because... Because you've um, seen girls. Because I... <laughs> thank you. How How moody are you? Really? Well, you're, he's he's a teenager essentially, but you're right? still you're still a, a, a Sith Lord kind of a thing. You, he's you, not a Sith I mean, Lord. You know what I mean? But he's yeah. he's, he's a the, Jedi. He's, he's a dark. He's a, dar- he's a dark Jedi. Yeah. But, but you wouldn't see Darth Vader doing that. He would just kill someone. Well, but well, Darth Vader's older, and also that's the path to the dark side. Uh, Terrence Conrad, I, I know is the path. your emotions. And yes. letting him get the best of you. No, I know, but I still think that his emotion would have been to kill someone before it is to take a lightsaber to controls. And- he wasn't ready. Well, okay, so here's my thought. I watched Girls. I knew this kid as an actor, and I and so the first, like, ten minutes I saw him, I was like, yeah, I'm not buying this. But right. then once I was like, I think it's because of his character on Girls, I got over it, and then I was like, Oh, I was like, no, I, I get it. So I think that that's your problem. You need to just get over yourself. What? Oh, okay. I'll get over myself. There you go. All right. Funny mouths of babes. Didn't realize. <laughs> didn't realize that was my problem. You didn't realize you were under yourself. Yes, I would. <laughs> I I thought he was. I thought he was fine. I thought you know. Uh, and so now uh, there's a Twitter handle called like emo Kylo Ren or whatever. Oh yeah. And yeah. then uh, there's another one called Lost Luke, and they're apparently in this weird Twitter war now. So, <laughs> like, one asking the other, "Do you even force lift, bro?" Wow. <laughs> Stuff like that. that. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I love Twitter. So, uh, who's Ray? Whose kid is that? I think it's Luke's, but yeah. I don't think that it is. Uh, I want it to be Luke's. I guess so, it seems a little obvious, but at the same time, you know, I'd be fine if it wasn't. I saw an article headline. Didn't read the article because I'm not going to waste my time. But mm. I did see an article that said that they had a theory on why. Ren is Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter. granddaughter. I, I saw and that, I, too. And I thought, you know what? Somebody could convince me of that. No, and I the reason why I say no is hmm. because Interesting. of the the fact that if you look at episodes blah, 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 one through three, mm-hmm. and if you look at what Obi-Wan was doing with um, Anakin in that time and making sure that he was in control of his emotions and that he wasn't loving and doing all of this... It wouldn't make sense to me that after that, then he would go down the path of having a kid with someone when he was the Jedi. He was the one who was in control of his emotions, didn't love, didn't didn't have these relationships with people. I don't. Isn't that all the more reason accidents happen, and then I don't think that he would allow himself to have the accident. I think he right, just. He would, I think he retreated immediately. He would. Well, if if the if he was married or whatever, and he could sense that there was a baby about to happen, he would. Mm. You know, he would use the force to move everything back. There's going to be no fertilization here. <laughs> this is not the egg you're looking for. You wish you had that if, power. I wish no, I had that power. <laughs> <laughs> I wish really you had that power. It's true. <laughs> Might actually be able to go to the parks together if I did. <laughs> but uh, no, I, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whose kid she is. It'll be interesting finding out. I think it's Luke's. I think it's Luke's, and I think that Luke... You know, she was the youngling he was able to save. and but So then I was thinking about it last time I saw this. And well, don't worry, we'll end this in like five minutes. Yeah. Um, that uh, if he if she was Luke's daughter mm-hmm. and Luke was training Kylo, which is Han's and Leia's son. Right. They would have at least known each other. 
At what point, though? When they were smaller. But but they would still be able to, I think, if they're both Force users, they would both be able to recognize the other one, I would think. Well, it depends on what age it was. Remember, she didn't realize that, or she didn't, you didn't see her begin to actually use the Force mm-hmm. until he was trying to read her mind. Right. You don't know what age it was. You don't know if she just yeah, became aware of no, her power No, she was abandoned point, when though. she would look like she was maybe eight or something on the planet. Right, right. So, but, so, then, yeah. so there's that, but the other side is I can't imagine a scenario where Luke would abandon, would basically treat his kid the way he was treated, abandoned on a desert planet. Right. With no family. I mean, not family, but parents. You know, because he had his aunt and uncle. But, you, you know what I mean? So I, I can't, I, so that's what leads me to believe it's not Luke's daughter. Because why would he abandon his daughter to train Han's son And he, if he didn't know, at least assume, that she would have the Force and she, he could train her as well? Well, so there's a couple people right? in the wow, chat room. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? Oh, man. Hang on a sec, Taryn. I'm blowing minds right now. Yeah, my mind is actually blown. Yeah. Do you want a hat so you can catch it all? It's just today? oozing out by yeah. the headphones <laughs> right now. It's crazy. Okay, go ahead, Derek. Sorry. Uh, well, the chat room says, like, maybe he didn't even know that he had Ray. But I think maybe he, he had would no know. Knowledge. And it, then somebody else said, well, he would have known because um, he should be able to sense her. Mm-hmm. But then immediately followed up with, well, on the other hand, Luke has always been a little bit weak sauce when it comes to the Force. That is true. So is maybe it, though? he didn't. He is kind of weak sauce. Uh, I, I, I would like to point you to uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay, which, which part? Um, I don't know. For me, that's kind of Star Wars. I mean, uh, I, I don't. I mean, there's nothing really to. I don't know. You know what I mean? It pretty much kind of lays it all out there. Right. right. Um, I didn't like the actor who played Finn the first time. Watching it again, I think he was fine. I guess yeah. I didn't really care. Ray's a, a, a badass. If yeah. I can say that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on her character. Yeah. Uh, BB-8 is awesome. Yeah, that thing oh. is amazing. Um, but I don't understand why it took two people to voice him. I, I mean, oh. it's stupid. I don't know. Like two quote-unquote comedians. I was so like nervous. His voice. That, yeah. I don't understand. I, don't know. I mean, what? This, go to Pixar and learn how to animate a, <laughs> no, a, a right. bloody robot. I mean, come on. You're right. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I'll see it another <laughs> 10, 15 times probably. It was yeah. so good. And then, I, you know, maybe later on we'll, like, get, uh, you know, maybe deeper into some lore. Because there's, like, backstory. Because this is, you know, 30 years later, especially right. in the stories, too. Right. Luke was married. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that maybe we can talk about. I don't know. I, I meant to have Anthony on, but I kind of don't like Anthony, so. I'm just kidding. It's still kind of. Um, it's, I know I like Kanye too, but it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's still kind of weird to me that they went from a Death Star to a Death Star to a Death Planet <laughs> to a Star Killer. Yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, like, come I didn't on. like that either. Yeah. I thought that was a little weak, um, but it was cool from the standpoint of it's a it's a planet. It's a, it has and its, it own has climate. its climates yeah. and everything like yeah. that. Um, and you know, but it, like taking the power of the sun until the sun's not there, and then when it exploded, yeah. it created its own better sun. Um, I, that was a little weird to me. I didn't necessarily like that. But um, a, a, again, if if you thought it was going to be anything different um, than just kind of a sugar coated movie, that w- it's reintroducing people right. to the awesomeness 
of Star Wars. Right. There wasn't right. the the one through three nonsense in there. Um, and they kind of had some throwbacks, like when uh, Finn was digging around to like uh, bandage up Chewie. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulled out Luke's little hollow ball trainer yeah. thing. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. It's up for, on it for a split second. Be like, oh, that's awesome. Yep, yep. So they knew what they were doing. You mm-hmm. just you get people back in because I think so many of the Star Wars fans were so disenfranchised by one through three right, that right. they, I mean, they wanted to to suck everybody back in. And mm-hmm, now it's mm-hmm. going to be. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd be willing to bet eight is, will do bigger than seven. And so seven's made over a billion dollars. Hasn't even been fully released, like in China. Yeah, I know. Which uh, when Avatar w- it had a worldwide release, which is why it got so much, so much money. Mm-hmm. So there's still like giant untapped market for I know, this. I know. Um, okay, okay. We need to take a. Well, we're not taking a break. We need to leave. Ah, right, <clears throat> we're leaving uh, again for the second time, and then we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be back. Uh, you know, for you live listeners, we'll be back in like 15 minutes. Uh, yes, you know, we need you. we need a little break, and then we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to have a, a whole thing from Terrence. We're going to have a game, um, and a pre- Terrence has a slideshow presentation for us. We're in uh, 1984. <laughs> well, I'm actually trying uh, to. It's an Amway presentation, so good. <laughs> uh, I'm all for timeshares, so <laughs> let me know. All right, uh, until next time, everyone. See you in the parks.